The You Disciple Podcast, where we explore the ins and outs of university life and unpack what it means to be a disciple on campus. Welcome back, sister. Welcome, Father Nicholas. It's good to see you again, or hear you, mm-hmm. if you're driving in the car or on the tram. And today we're joined by Father William. Hello. Good to see you. <laughs> yes, hello. <laughs> Welcome to the table. Welcome to the podcast. It's very exciting. Yes, yes, I am uh, nervous and excited to be here. A new voice on the You Disciple podcast, our newly appointed chaplain at Monash University and at Mannix College. So welcome to, welcome back to Melbourne. Or well, welcome to Melbourne. Uh, yeah, well, welcome back. Yeah, uh, I studied here for a few years. So tell us a little bit about yourself. You're a Dominican, surrounded by Dominicans today. Yes, or two. Two. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I grew up in Sydney, um, on the back streets of <laughs> Blacktown. <laughs> I climbed Mount Druitt. <laughs> and survived. <laughs> and uh, uh, I, I went to uni at UNSW. Yep. Uh, did a mechanical engineering degree. Uh Finished that, then uh, went on a pilgrimage, and then decided to join the priesthood. And then, well, then I was like, "Well, what well, kind of priesthood?" What was what was the pilgrimage? Uh, World Youth Day. No, uh, seriously, Madrid. Uh, there we go. We were, we were talking about World Youth Day in in our last episode because we're obviously right in the midst of of World Youth Day again. So. Uh, and so that was it was pivotal for you. It was an important important moment in your own discernment. Yeah, it was a, it was kind of like a reflective um, exercise. Yeah, um, got me thinking about not just the pilgrimage itself, but my whole life in general. Yeah, pilgrimages can be very powerful. Uh, I I went as a sixteen year old to World Youth Day, and it really sort of was. Uh, a transformative experience for me and really set me on the on the path to priesthood as well. So uh, God works through through journeys and taking people, and I, I, I say this to school students, like every time we open the New Testament, Jesus and his disciples were going on journeys. He was taking them away from the crowds and on taking them to be alone. And, uh, and it was in those quiet places and on those journeys on the road and sort of at the end of a day where he would open up for them at greater depth the message that he had to share. And I think he, he still does that for all of us through pilgrimage today. We're in the middle of one right now. We are. Mm-hmm. Question. Oh. Yes. Did you find your pilgrimage fun? I've been on quite a few pilgrimages. Uh, fun, yes. Well, I often say when you get back from pilgrimage, I should have cried, but I laughed. Like, I just think one of the graces of being on pilgrimage is that even in the midst of struggles and trials and hardships, there's generally a sense of joy because you're, you're doing it with other people and you, um, you, know, where you're, you know your ultimate destination. Mm. So um, there, there's, there's a sense of joy. I find pilgrimages like push you to the limit, like push you to your limits in terms of like socially, physically, mm-hmm. uh, mentally. Yeah. Yeah, I find I have to really step away at the end of the day. I mean, if you're doing a pilgrimage with a group of people, mm. oof, step away at the end of the day and just 
it, ta- it takes you deeper, I think, because you just process so much in one day that you wouldn't normally, that, that's more full of content yeah. than you would in a normal everyday. We, we discussed with one of your Dominican uh, confreres that he was an extrovert who liked, an uh, introvert who liked people. Yes. We should get you to guess, guess which one. Uh, Father Paul Rouse. <laughs> Father Paul Rouse, yes. Um, and I said, well, I'm the, I'm the opposite. I'm an extrovert who doesn't like people. And it's actually one of the challenging things for me on <laughs> pilgrimage is that... Don't like um, people. <laughs> I love humanity. <laughs> I just hate people. <laughs> um, but you, you, you're constantly, especially I've been on the Camino Santiago sometimes, and you wake, you wake up in the morning and you're surrounded by people. And you're just like, just give me some space to myself. But yeah. it is. You do get pushed outside of your comfort zone on pilgrimage. And mm. you're, you're forced to live um, in ways that you wouldn't normally sort of live in your, in your day-to-day life. But through that, growth comes which again is very similar to this season of Lent where the church encourages us to live in a way that is slightly different to the way we normally live. But through that, great growth comes. You're listening to the You Disciple Podcast, where we put the you in disciple. Pope Benedict... uh, of happy memory once said that Lent is an itinerary of intense spiritual training. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on to say that fasting and a spirit of sacrifice is particularly important because our culture is characterized by a search of material well-being. And I just think that's a really great way to sort of enter into Lent. It's this idea that generally in our lives we're surrounded by this sort of material wealth, and so often we we turn to it um, instead of turning to God. Mm-hmm. And that Lent, in Lent, we're sort of encouraged to strip away some of those material things, those crutches that we normally turn to instead of God, mm. and create a bit more room for God. Mm-hmm. I think there could be a temptation in our current culture also that we even try to look at Lent with a material lens of I'm going to have the best Lent ever or, you know, um, turning it into a six-week self-help program uh, and I'm going to see results at the end of how different I am at the end of Lent, um, trying to kind of quantify something. And I think there's a, I don't know, it's sort of I've heard a lot of that recently and it's, I think think we're missing a point. I, I, with a bit of fear and trepidation, found a, a, a quote from Thomas Aquinas that I think sort of speaks into that a little bit. Uh, and I can't find it on my iPad when I wanted it. Here we go. He says, um, sacrifice, properly so called, is something done for the honour which is properly due to God. Amen. In order to appease him. Yes. And I think that speaks into what you're saying, sister, this exactly. idea that... I can I can do Lent for myself and to make myself feel better yeah. or am I doing Lent to appease God yeah. and to give honour and glory to him? Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's, there comes a point where you've got to trust that God knows and loves me more than I know and love myself. Um, and... Uh, 
letting that settle in uh, during Lent, um, I find it's really important. Um, mm. Some of the things, particularly when when um, when I'm saying mass, um, I think to myself, you know, not not my will, but Thy will, um, and I repeat that um, prayer during mass um, uh, as I'm saying it, and uh, it really is uh, something which. Uh, there's a point of surrender mm. in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I think if we are doing Lent for ourselves, then it's always going to fail. Yeah. And it's always going to be... People are already sh- disappointed. Oh, yeah. I ruined my Lent. I'm like, oh. That's <laughs> a bit early for that. But yeah, but if it's if if our gaze is on the Lord, there's no ruining Lent. You know, it's let's go and be with him. Let's go out into the desert to listen to him, to to accompany him, um, yeah, I think it just changes our, the direction of where we're going. Like the Lord was was pushed into the desert by the Holy Spirit and he was fasting um, and that sort of leads you into a, I mean, he's already the Lord, right? But uh, those practices open us to to hear the Lord, to hear God speaking, to, to pray. And then when the devil comes to tempt him where humanly, materially, he's actually really weak, Spiritually, he's so strong. I mean, unflappable. Um, so, yeah, that's the goal. And I think this is where you're saying, Father William, about sort of the Lord's will. Like how – and I think this is one of the things that we can struggle, especially when it comes to discernment and sort of growth in, the ho- in, in holiness and in the spiritual life, is if our life is cluttered mm. with too many things and if we have turned to all these other things instead of the Lord – then it's really hard to see the Lord's will. But as we saw in the in the desert, as all those things were stripped away from the Lord, mm-hmm. even when he faced temptation, mm-hmm. it was it was clear what the way forward was and mm-hmm. he was able to do it. And that's can be the same for us. And that's when Lent is that time of of stripping away from things, not as a punishment or as um, some kind of pugilistic sort of um, dishonoring of the self or the body but it's actually about stripping away those things that we turn to instead of the lord and actually offering ourselves back to the lord Mm. with a sincerity and an openness and seeing what it is that he is really asking of us Mm. like i want to go back to back to that sense of pilgrimage Mm. uh like because you know uh 2011 i went on this grand pilgrimage it's called exodus encounter you know went to we started in cairo uh, went through the Holy Land uh, over the Sinai Peninsula and then into Spain, Madrid, and you saw all these, you know, beautiful, wonderful things and we kind of just got rushed through all of it. Um, but what struck me is, you know, you, our first stop, you know, Cairo, and you're standing there in front of the pyramids and maybe for about 10 minutes and then... You just think to yourself, okay, that's done. <laughs> what next? Yeah. Um, and what I, what I found about that pilgrimage and particularly uh, this whole idea of, oh, I can have the best Lent, that sort of thing. Uh, uh, well, when I went on the pilgrimage, so, oh, I'm going to have the best pilgrimage. I'm going to see all these sites. I'm going to, you, know, ha- uh, you know, just have this rich sort of e- experience. Uh, but then what I found was, uh, well, actually, you can travel – anywhere in the world um but the the inner journey is is where uh 
the true value comes from and um and you can do that anywhere um in, in the world that that inner journey take that um inner step and find that uh way forward uh to a more mature sort of understanding of reality uh, understanding of god mm-hmm. i think the link when you said that father women for me is that idea of both on pilgrimage um and in Lent, it's an uncomfortable period of time. Mm. And so, yeah, we, we, we tend to want to rush to things and sort of, oh, and what's next and what's next? And often, well, this is definitely the case for me at the beginning of Lent, it's like, okay, I'm going to do all of these things. And week one, good. Week two, not so good. Week three, bad. And then you realize you're not even halfway through. Mm. And so I think Lent actually provides us those 40 days and 40 nights like, an uncomfortable period of time in which we need to settle into that sort of journey towards the Lord. And actually, if we if we run too hard, too fast at the beginning, mm-hmm. well, g- generally I fall over well before the end of Lent. So I think that real encouragement that I give to people is to sort of go settle into Lent, like take Lent as it comes. And that's not in any way saying be easy on yourself this Lent, but it's saying, okay, there, there is much like life. There is a journey to be had here um, over time. Yeah, yeah. I, and I'm wondering if um, I'm just thinking of a random young person out there today, and nothing in your world says to sacrifice much. Right? Um, and then you, you want to live a good Lent. You know, you want to live Lent well. Uh, how do you get a balance of uh, approaching sacrifice where, where your context does not speak about it or or does it in strange ways, you know, it, it, in selfish ways. So how do we approach the sacrificial part of Lent um, in, in a healthy way and not get out of balance, not overdo it? Um, it? I think it's a really challenging thing, even just the whole concept of, I mean, we're moved to things that are good and that are beautiful and that are, you know, attractive to us. So to move towards something sacrificial is like we need another reason. It's not the sacrifice itself. So how do we, I don't know, throwing lots of questions out there. So John Paul II gives us some advice here and he says, in Lent, cast your gaze forward to the end Mm -hmm. because it's only with uh, our eyes fixed on Christ's sacrifice Mm -hmm. that we can truly understand our own sacrifices Mm -hmm. and that, at the end of Lent, the great celebration of the Paschal Mystery reminds us of the free and loving self-gift of the Son of God to the Father. Mm. And that should be our impetus, that Jesus, who gave up everything that was rightfully his, did so out of love for us. Uh, What do we give up that we have gained for ourselves Mm. out of of love for the Father? Mm -hmm. So keeping our gaze fixed on the destination mm-hmm. can help us as we set our goals and really enter in. I suppose um, Lent conditions ourselves to see that, to see the, the, the bigger picture, mm. to see the full frame of things. Mm-hmm. Prayer, St. John Paul II continues, says, joined with sacrifice constitutes the most powerful force in human history. 
Okay, I read that when I was a young thing. Yes, I'm old now. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so convicted by his words, John Paul II, because this question of why sacrifice, not that I didn't want to, but I wanted to do it for the right reason. And it's something I really prayed about for a long time. Like, how do I get the right intention with this? Um, because by nature I'm like, yeah, let's you know sleep on the floor and cold showers and uh, and I'm like, yeah, but I want to do it. For the I'm right still reasons. taking cold showers, by the way. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's my Exodus 91. <laughs> but when John Paul II talked about the value of sacrifice, uh, that sacrifice united to Christ, like we in St. Paul's quote, you know, we make up in our own lives, you know, what is lacking to the to the Passion of Christ or something. Um, very confusing words, but the the idea that we're all linked together, that this whole human family is linked together, this communion of saints, and that my little piece, when when the Lord brings moments of suffering into my life, united with Christ, it's extremely powerful because also, you know, he could have died on the cross and if he so willed, you know, ended not only... Um, not only open the gates of heaven, but he could have just taken away suffering, you know, in one way. He didn't. So this suffering then united with him is so powerful. And I remember thinking, I want to go to every hospital in the world and just let them know. I mean, if you just take your suffering, it's Im- incredibly val- valuable mm. when it's united with love for God and prayer for your neighbour. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, our participation in the suffering of Christ also is about restoring justice to God. And I think one of the challenges that I often see is that it's very easy to look at the injustices in the world mm. and the injustices in the church and the suffering um, that is that is that is God's. Like, why is this happening? Why? Why is this allowed to happen? Um, and I, I regularly see it within the church. It's like, oh well, the bishops this, or the Germans that, or <laughs> the um, whatever the latest crisis in the church is. And I think Lent and this time of added prayer and penance and entering into sacrifice provides a simple question: Okay, you're complaining about this. What sacrifice have you made to to remedy it? Rem- mm. If 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 you're seeing an injustice in the world, whatever it is, um, and we don't have to look too far in the world, in the church, and even in our own lives, mm. um, the 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 injustice done to God by the sins of the world, by our brothers and sisters, whether we like them or not. Um, what are we doing as members of the body of Christ to rectify those injustices mm-hmm. to God? And we can. We can actually, through our prayer, through our sacrifices, through our penance in this Lenten well, all year really, but in particular in this Lenten season, we can really do something um, to sanctify the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. That perspective of faith of nothing is for nothing. Um, and I think we don't get to see the fruit of it directly which is a blessing otherwise maybe we'd think we were saving the world <laughs> but, but in the neck you know in heaven we're going to see all these connections yeah. so but it is just great in faith in those moments oh okay the sacrifices that come into my life and not to go looking for them weirdly um and so to have a balance there but but when they come to embrace like to embrace them in love 
it, and just be completely assured that this is working for for the good. I think the temptation is to ask that question, what's in it for me? Yeah. yeah. Sacrifice. True. Um, and uh, you, know, you were mentioning sort of it's not, you know, let's, it's not, not just about self-help, mm. but... But I suppose when, when we make that sacrifice, um, we're looking at a, at a bigger picture uh, and it's like a, it's not just a self-help, it's a world help. Mm. It's, 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 a, it's, it's seeing things from God's perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and from God's perspective is love. Mm. And so you learn to do things out of love. Uh, and that, is good for everybody. <laughs> and that's where our sacrifices united with Christ are the truest sacrifices. Um, if we are doing it united with that one and eternal sacrifice on the cross, then that's where it's united in that great act of love. And it, it, it fills our lives and it fills the world with, with the grace of God. Sister Mary Helen, I threw out a Thomas Aquinas quote and... <laughs> Neither of the Dominicans at the table contradicted me, so I'm, I'm a Dominican, uh, not a Thomist. <laughs> oh, see, here we go. That's that's a fight that I'm. <laughs> next week's podcast coming. Can, uh, and can uh, you be a Dominican and not a Thomist, Sister Mary Helen? What do you think? Um. <laughs> <laughs> I met a. I met a. I met a. Um, uh, there's an old uh, Dominican friar in in Adelaide, um, Father Ben Hensley, calling you out. And um, he would say... Shout out, Brother yeah. Ben. <laughs> um, I'm a Thomistic scholar, not a Thomist. I don't know the difference. Dominicans <laughs> are very <laughs> precise in making distinctions. St. <laughs> <laughs> um, Maria says... Oh, okay. oh straight, <laughs> up, straight up, straight up, straight up. All right, all right. <laughs> I'm like, I threw out Thomas Aquinas. I didn't, get, I that, ex- that didn't get anything. So you're, I'm right. Ignatius. Jose Maria. you're the one who. <laughs> <laughs> we must, and I, I'm going to throw this on the table for um, for for uh, dispute conversation. Okay, <laughs> we must imitate Christ, always carrying about in our body the dying of Christ, his abnegation, his suffering on the cross, so that the life also of Jesus. Maybe made manifest in our bodies. Well, that's just total paraphrasing of Saint Paul. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> oh, it's actually in a quote. It's I'm I'm reading a quote <laughs> with a quote in it. So of course it is. <laughs> it's no scripture reference, Saint Hosmer. <laughs> and in this way of immolation, in this denial, we find peace and joy. That's true. So. What advice would you give to a young person who's who's doing penance, who's doing sacrifice, who's entering into Lent, but that there's no peace or joy? Yeah, discerning. It's really important to discern. I was talking with some young people last week and they're very full on. And, and I said, oh, don't worry. I was more full on than you'll ever, <laughs> you know, ever understand. But careful because i think if if the thought process or the the bird if it becomes a burden in my thinking i think that there's a problem that you're overdoing it um, that would be one thing that if, if it's 
something's weighing you down and it's preoccupying your thoughts, then it's probably turned itself on to you instead of onto the Lord. Uh, shout out to the youth groups uh, <laughs> that, that say <laughs> to first podcast two shout outs. That say yeah. Well, I I have a I, I I was part of a youth group and you'd say oh yeah um I'll just pray about it you know I'm praying for you um uh, uh, just offer it up just offer it up you know just offer it up uh but uh there is something in that um, but. But offering it up the right way, um, and I find a lot of us uh, we sort of spiral into this. Oh, I feel I feel so horrible. Um, I'm just gonna you know say all these prayers and then just just power through it that sort of thing. But you can actually make that a prayer. Uh, I find, um, and and so uh, if you're struggling and you want to turn it to to God. Uh, why don't you make that a prayer, you know? Say to God in your prayer, um, intentionally, Lord, I'm struggling right now. Lord, I'm overthinking this. Lord, I need to chill out. <laughs> <laughs> Some of you might have heard the story of when I was 18 and still living at home and I was a uni student um, and I was doing a fair bit of volunteer work um, and I turned up this night and my parents had nailed an eviction notice to wow, my door. Wow, this is serious. And it had this list of sort of demands and it said, if these aren't met by this coming um, Sunday, you'll find your things out on the nature strip. Oh. And it obviously prompted a conversation, which I think is what they, they wanted. And they said, how can you be going out and doing all of this service and ministry but treating your own family like rubbish. Mm. And I think there's a real truth in that when it comes to our penances and sacrifices as well. It's like just check in that you're not adding all of these extra things on and then neglecting those little sacrifices that the Lord gives you each and every day mm -hmm. and not taking them courageously. Um, and I think also that thing of if, if your sacrifice is making you a bad student, mm. Like maybe consider your prayer as a bit of a sacrifice. Like if it's making you grumpy and unhappy, yeah, just chill. Like <laughs> try and be a little more charitable. So I think holding all things in balance, being courageous and making making um, big decisions for the Lord, but also making sure that you're doing the small things well. This is the You Disciple podcast. For more information on what's happening on a campus near you, go to udisciple.melbournecatholic.org. Great to chat with you, Father William. Um, thanks for joining us. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> we'll have you back for another conversation. We'll oh, really? Have okay. You back. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, after we'll check the uh, we'll check the listener reviews and then we'll we'll see if we invite you back. No, we'll definitely have you back. <laughs> but I think uh, two things obviously coming up. Um, if depending on when you're listening to this, registrations will still be open for World Youth Day. So Woo! get in get in the last minute. Father William's been. I've been. Sister Mary Helen's been. It's 
Uh, it's been a really important thing in the lives of lots of young people. But otherwise, uh, here in Melbourne on the weekend of Palm Sunday, we're having our silent retreat for young Catholics, university students and young adults. So... Uh, Shout out to Father Paul Rouse. <laughs> Shout out to Father Paul Rouse, who will be one of uh, will be preaching the retreat, and then you'll hear from Sister Mary Helen, and I think I'm going to say a few words and a few others. So uh, get online and register for that. But otherwise, six thirty Holy Hour every Thursday at the cathedral. And if you're not doing anything, <laughs> March twenty fourth. Night fever. Oh my goodness! Yes, six p.m. till midnight, Sacred Heart Church, Carlton. Eucharistic Adoration, Silence, um, Sacrament of Confession, uh, a real way of entering in with the broader Archdiocese of Melbourne for uh, a time of prayer uh, in, on the vigil of the Feast of the Annunciation. So yes. plenty of things happening. Thanks again, Father William. Thanks, Thank Sister Mary Helen. Thank you. God bless. Whether you've been listening to us on the tram, in the library, or on your way to class, thanks for listening to this week's You Disciple podcast. Share, like, and subscribe, and we hope to see you on and around campus. The Disciple Podcast is a production of the Catholic Archdiocese of Melbourne.